Hey there, this is Andrew and uh, bringing you a Keyforge update here. We got a new rulebook. So I'm going to be walking through the changes in this new rulebook. And they're nice and highlighted for us, so it's very, very easy. Um, there are a few of them. Nothing too crazy in my opinion, but if you want to be totally up to date, then this is, I think, the video for you. Uh, and where relevant, we can go ahead and uh, compare to previous one as well. Um, I have that open in another screen. The, the last, pretty sure the last rulebook update before this one was in November. So it's been about six months. Uh, that's kind of the typical cycle. A little more than six months because Mass Mutation got released. Oh, happy release day, by the way. Uh, it, it also happens to be my birthday. So um, uh, very, very happy to have Mass Mutation come out on my birthday. Except in China, it already came out in China. Apparently, uh, in Canada, it's late, so I'm, I'm sorry, Canada. Um, all right, so let's get started. Um, I'll put a link to where you can find the new, uh, the new rulebook. The funny thing is, the, the website, the Master Vault, the app, etc., those links don't get updated right away, so it, it could be a while before those actually show the, have the correct link to the correct document. So, is what it is. Um, all right, but it is in effect for for what that matters, right? Because we're not getting together and playing much, but but uh, but if you are playing in your house or you're playing online, uh, or you do get the ability to to go to an event, then there you go. All right, so um, updates and changes are from updates and changes from there's a typo. Anyway, updates and changes are highlighted in red. So. You will go from there. Nothing early on, which is probably good. Um, we do have here a new section, Resolve Abilities in the Order They Are Written. It says, while resolving the text of a card ability, this is under the card ability section. While resolving the text of a card ability, fulfill the instructions of that ability in the order the text is written. This may be modified by replacement effects, including replacement effects which appear later in the ability that is being resolved. So this clarifies, you know, there's been, for example, with Ronnie Wrist Clocks, um, Steel 1, your opponent has 7 or more Steel 2 instead. Uh, the Steel 2 instead goes back and replaces the 1. Um, and this just clarifies that. Uh, let's see. There are a few other cards that, that that is relevant to. Um, an example, right, they give highest and that's fine. Uh, however, all damage dealt by a card's ability is dealt simultaneously, regardless of where it appears in the ability's text. By the way, there are some some uh, exceptions to this down in the in the uh, FAQ, so we'll we'll come to that. But. Um, but all damage is dealt simultaneously. So that means that Mighty Lance deals three damage to a creature and three damage to the neighbor, and that, that damage is done simultaneously. Um, so if you do three damage to a bulwark and it kills it, um, 
the but you do three damage to its neighbor, that neighbor still has three armor when it takes three damage. Uh, still has two armor when it takes. Um, uh, this affects uh, they're everywhere, which uh, somebody I think posted a meme with the text like they're almost everywhere or they're in a lot of places. It doesn't necessarily hit everything um, because the damage. Oh no no no. No, this actually means it is dealt simultaneously, right? Let me pull up. No, there we go. Deal two damage to each enemy flank creature. Deal one damage to each enemy creature not on a flank. So it is. It it just be dealt simultaneously. Uh, now, so that's come back and forth a little bit, but that that is how that would work now, because um, the, the damage is dealt simultaneously, even though it appears in a. Okay, but generally speaking, you do things in the order they were written. Makes sense. Uh, all right. Ability card ability has a little bit added to it here. Um, it already said abilities on a creature artifact or upgrade are only active and can only be triggered while that card is in play unless the ability explicitly references being used from an out of play area. But then they added once an ability on a card has been triggered, that ability will finish resolving even if the card leaves play. Resolving part of the instructions of a card ability causes other card effects to trigger resolve those other card effects before continuing to resolve the instructions of the first card. Um, so this means that for cards like uh, that, that like Omni artifacts that destroy themselves, still going to finish resolving the ability. Uh, so, so it goes out of play when it destroys itself. Um, I'm... This isn't like really spelled out here, but I believe, and maybe I'll check in the in the FAQ later. Um, I believe like for Neutron Shark, this doesn't change anything because Neutron Shark already, if it killed itself, you would still discard a card. But uh, regardless of what you, if you get a non-Logos card in the discard, it goes back to try to repeat itself, but it can't, it can't read itself anymore. So I think that would still be the case, but uh, worth checking if that's still in the FAQ. Uh, little section here on Amber bonus icons. Section on bonus icons. Um, basically what it says is there are new bonus icons, right? There's bonus Amber, we're used to that. There's capture, uh, bonus capture, um, which causes a friendly creature to capture an Amber from the opponent. Um, and uh, it can be captured by any friendly creature, including the creature with the capture icon. Um, if a card has multiple capture icons, it can be distributed among multiple creatures. And one of the principles here is these happen in sequence. So, um, so the, the interesting, well, okay, well, I'll come back to that. Uh, damage, you deal a damage to something. Um, the damage, this damage is not dealt simultaneously. It's distinct instances of damage. So if you have five damage icons, you're gonna deal one damage, stop. One damage, stop, deal one damage, stop, etc. Um, and then the draw icon, which makes you draw a card. Uh, <clears throat> these icons are resolved after. Okay, so after a card with a bonus icon is played, the first thing the active player does is resolve each bonus icon on that card. 
These icons are resolved after the card enters play. But before resolving any play abilities on that card, or any abilities that trigger after that card is played, bonus icons must be resolved in the order printed on the card from top to bottom. Resolving each bonus icon is mandatory. So you go from top to bottom, mandatory. Uh, the card is in play at that moment, uh, but you don't trigger play effects or after, you know, uh, after you play the card effects until after you finish the bonus icon. Okay. Little sections for capture and damage icons. Uh, destroyed, got the text added. All the tagged cards are put into their owner's discard pile simultaneously, and the active player chooses the order in which those cards are arranged in their owner's discard piles. Um, that doesn't actually change the behavior at all, so that's not crazy. And I wonder, I think it already basically said that before. So what is different here? Hmm. Uh, resolve the destroyed abilities. Yeah, I don't think that really changes much, but verifies, so it's fine. Um, none of the cards that have been tagged for destruction are put into their owner's discard piles until all destroyed effects have finished resolving, and that's been that way. That's just a clarification. Um, draw icon. Enhance. It explains the enhance ability, uh, the enhance keyword, rather. Um, you don't know... Uh, some cards will say enhance and then they have some bonus icons. Uh, that means that the algorithm is going to put those bonus icons on cards. Um, they could all go on one card. They could all go in different cards. A card can uh, not have more than five icons, although I don't think it says that in the rule book here. Uh, anyway, but you don't need to worry about that. That happens during deck generation. So... During actual gameplay, the enhance keyword is um, does nothing at this moment. It's possible, it's conceivable in the future that it could mat it could matter, but <clears throat> at the moment, uh, it doesn't do anything. Okay. In the section on fight, this is actually a really nice clarification. If either the attacking or defending creature is destroyed while resolving assault, hazardous, or before fight abilities then the fight, dealing damage based on power, is skipped. Creatures are not considered to have been in a fight for the purpose of card effects that reference fighting or in a fight, and the attacking creature's fight abilities will not trigger. Um, so, the, the interesting... Well, okay, I'll finish reading. Card effects that reference after a creature fights or after a creature is used will still trigger as the creature was used to fight though the fight did not resolve. So, um, I, it is interesting to me, like, it, it, thematically it makes sense to me why fight abilities would not trigger. Um, it does seem a little odd because before we talked about fight, meaning after fight, um, and it does say the after creature fights abilities trigger, but, but that's okay, it's very specific, and thematically it makes sense, right? The creature 
didn't fight. So that means if uh, if you have a bat drone uh, with a um, way of the bear on it, and the and the assault damage kills the thing that it's attacking, then uh, then you won't steal one. So that's an important clarification. Um, and it also means that fighting something with uh, it means that fighting something with a hazardous and elusive, if the hazardous kills the attacking creature, then the elusive won't break because the elusive says that during uh, the first time this creature is attacked, but the, the creature isn't attacked, I, I think. You know, I'm not 100% sure about that. I think that's probably true that it doesn't break elusive. Um, but this is a clarification we will have to make after. So that, that'll be a good question uh, for the Facebook group. All right. Um, gigantic. So there's just a new section laying out how gigantic creatures work. Um, the important bit, I think, here is that to play it, you have to have both halves. You have to have both the cards. And... Um, Cards that bring a card back. Um, so when it's when it leaves play, it's treated as two separate cards. So if you have like a regrowth, it'll only bring back one card. Um, if a card tries to play just one half of the gigantic creature, it'll fail. Um, if it tells you to put it put into play play both halves then that that would succeed um so they give the example of a wild wormhole that hits half of a uh an ultra graviton and it, it fails to play it so the card goes back on top of the deck um while it's in play it counts as a single card a single creature um, but when it's out of play it's treated as separate cards so uh yeah that is it. I'm excited to get to play with those. Um, leaves play has a new bit added. If cards leave play while resolving an ability, later instructions in the same ability refer to the cards as they were immediately prior to leaving play. And they use the example of a code monkey uh, that goes in between, let's say, a... Um, Let's say you have uh, on the one side a jar goggle, and on the other side you have a um, you have an alica with experimental therapy. Well, the experimental therapy is making it be logos, is making the alica be logos. So the code monkey archives both of them, and then you ask, were they both of the same house? And in this case, the answer is uh, <coughs> actually. That wouldn't matter now because experimental therapy is getting eroded. We'll come back to that. But pretending it did actually change the house, uh, the answer would still be yes. They're both logos, so um, so they both get archived. Uh, academy training is a better example. Academy, tra academy training, yeah. Um, anyway, they 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 do still count as whatever they were before they got archived or before they left play. There are other interesting situations where that might apply. All right. 
Uh, all right, and then under move, I, it, they, they just clarified, a player may move a creature such that it remains in the same position in battle line. So when you move something, you don't actually have to move it, which is fine. They mention um, two more other counters, warrant counters and scheme counters. Um, yeah, and I, you know, these are just kind of like you can use whatever you want uh, for these. Same as with Doom or, or Disruption or other things that are, are just kind of one-off counters. Um, and I, I personally like to keep around just some extra tokens for that reason. I usually over chips, but, uh, but you can use whatever you want. Um, all right, under replacement effects. Uh, it already said if a replacement effect causes something. So let me actually find what it said before. If a replacement effect causes something that is being destroyed to not be destroyed, that's what it said before. Now it says if a replacement effect causes something that is tagged for destruction to not be destroyed. And then... Uh, This, the old one said, this removes the destroyed tag from it. The replacement effect remains as a lasting effect while any destroyed abilities are triggering. It is not fully resolved until the card will be put into the discard pile. But now it says, if a replacement effect causes something that is tagged for destruction to not be destroyed, the replacement effect does not resolve until the card will be put into the discard pile. The card would be put into the discard pile instead of putting the card into the discard pile Remove the destroyed tag and complete the, instru the, the instructions of the destruction replacement effect. Um, this is good. It makes things much clearer. I was confused and, uh, yeah, caused some problems uh, before. So I'm glad this is clearer. Um, this, yeah, and later on we'll come to it, but later on it, it clarifies wards uh, actually prevent the adding the, the tag for destruction. So they fall under a different category. Um, all right, self-referential text. If a card copies or gains the text of another card, any self-referential text now refers to the creature gaining the text. Um, so that means that a dust pixie that gets uh, bad pennies destroyed effect will effectively say destroyed return dust pixie to your hand. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, if an upgrade gives a creature an ability that refers to the upgrade's own title, that reference is considered to be, is considered self-referential text. It refers only to that copy of the upgrade and not to any other copies of the upgrade. That makes sense. And if a creature gains an ability that refers to that creature's own title, that reference is considered self-referential text. Um, one important consequence of this uh, rule change, I think it's a, it's technically a change, but that's okay, um, is that you can't bounce blasters around anymore because now they, uh, the blaster of course refers to itself, so it won't let you move another blaster. And the, um, and uh, the ability that, that the, the fight reap ability that it gives to the creature 
that says, you know, you can attach Fran's blaster to to uh, to Fran um, is now referring only to the Fran that the blaster is on. So, um, so it, it won't it won't work. Um, it won't work to attach it to a different Fran. Um, I am not sure whether it will work to attach it um, back to the same Fran. I think we maybe argue for that. Uh, and, you know, it's not actually, I don't think that's 100% clear from the rulebook. Um, but early results I've heard from uh, people who would overrule me um, are that, uh, are that it, it cannot uh, be attached in Okay. Uh, stun and the stun status card. Anytime a stun creature could normally be used, it can instead be used by exhausting it to remove its stun status card. Thank goodness. Um, it used to be that when a creature was stunned, it couldn't be used. Um, yeah. But, uh, oh, sorry, what it used to be is that you can't do the things like fight, reap, etc. That's still true. It used to be that a stunned, ready creature of the active house can be used by exhausting through a stun status card. Now they just say anytime a stunned creature could normally be used, it can instead be used by exhausting. Um, that's important because it means that your creatures with Omni can unstun themselves, and your creatures that say they can be used, well, I guess the, the ones that say they can be used like they're in the active house would have been fine anyway, but your Omni creatures can be used. Um, it also says that... Um, yeah, it's considered using it. So if you try to fight with a creature, but it's stunned, and so it exhausts and unstuns instead, that is considered use. So a card like um, uh, Containment, uh, what, what is it? There are a couple cards that destroy or do damage or something when a creature is used, and um, those would trigger. All right. Uh, ward. Um, they added, so it used to just say um, when a creature, uh, if a creature with a ward counter on it would be damaged or leave play, instead discard each ward counter on it. Now it says will be damaged, destroyed, or leave play. Um, and importantly, this prevents the creature from being tagged for destruction. So it doesn't, so ward does not wait till the creature would hit the discard pile it uh, triggers right then. Um, if a ward counter is placed on a creature after it has already been tagged for destruction, the ward counter will not prevent the creature from leaving play. So there's no retroactive saving. That's, uh, I think we already kind of had that. However, it will prevent the creature from leaving play in other ways, such as being returned to hand. Oh, interesting. So, so if a, um, we have a bad penny, and it gets marked for destruction and then somehow gets a ward after that, the ward will prevent the destroyed ability from putting it back in your hand. And then it will go to the discard. Oh, that that's interesting. I, I'm trying to, I don't, I have trouble imagining a situation where that would happen, but um, where that would matter. But it's an interesting 
interesting situation. Um, okay. And then there's a new definition here for, uh, for X. X. Sometimes X is used to specify a value that is defined by a card ability. Unless defined by a card ability, the value of X is equal to zero. Um, and the one example in the game right now is Picaroon. It has a power of X, and the ability X is the combined power of Picaroon's neighbors. If your opponent plays Shadow of Dece, Picaroon will no longer have that ability, so its power will be zero, uh, which it will die. All right, um, so that's that. Let's fast forward here to um, Errata. So there are just a few here. Um, for, for Erratas, Auto Legionary should read, um, uh, let's see what it, what it currently says. So Auto Legionary current sa currently says, <clears throat> action, put Auto Legionary on a flank of your battle line. While in the battle line, it is considered a creature with five power and belongs to all houses. But it should read, uh, action, put Auto Legionary on a flank of your battle line. While in the battle line, it is considered a creature with five power and may be used as if it belonged to the active house. <clears throat> so in this case, it doesn't belong to all the houses. It belongs to the active house. Uh, it's interesting. This, this means that while it's your opponent's turn, it belongs to their active house. Um, so weird stuff. They have an interesting uh, interaction with, for example, Hecatomb. Uh, experimental therapy um, used to put a creature into all houses, used to make it belong to all houses. Now it just says this creature may be used as if it belonged to the active house. So that's been changed in the same way. Pain reaction uh, says deal two to an enemy creature. If this damage destroys that creature, deal two damage to each of that creature's neighbors. Um, now it's just been changed to say to each of that creature's neighbors after it leaves play. Um, which just really clarifies that these are separate instances of damage and it's very specific. Um, and then Tendrils of Pain has been, it used to be deal one damage to a creature, um, but if your opponent forged a key on their previous turn, then, then deal three damage, um, also for a total of four. Um, but it was two separate instances, potentially. Yeah, it was an a deal an additional three damage. Uh, but now it just really clarifies um, and it's a replacement, so it would just go four. All right, uh, and then on to the FAQs. Um, new FAQs, yep. All right, bonus icons, FAQs. If I play a Maleficorn that also has a damage icon on it, does its damage icon deal a bonus damage? Um, and the answer is yes, because, um, I play a Maleficorn that also has a damage icon on it. Ah, okay, does its playability, right, because Maleficorn makes, uh, bonus damage icons do more bonus damage. Or do do extra damage, and the answer is here yes because the creature is already in play before you go down the list and and uh, fulfill those bonus icons. If I play Bone Saw and that card has a damage icon on it, 
that I use to destroy a friendly creature, will Bonesaw interplay ready? And the answer is no, because Bonesaw already entered play before you resolved that ability, before you resolved the icons. When I play Wild Bounty, is bonus icons referring to all the icons on a card or just the icons added to that card by the enhance keyword? The answer is all icons. So if you have a fertility chant with five bonus amber on it, and you play Wild Bounty Fertility Chant, you're going to get 10 amber total, and your opponent will get two. Pretty good deal. If I play a shoulder id with a bonus damage icon on it, does resolving that damage count as shoulder id dealing the damage, and therefore would that icon let me steal instead? And the answer is no. Although the icon is on shoulder id, it's not shoulder id dealing the damage, it's not the source of the damage. So the damage would actually get dealt, and you would not steal. If I play a Rad Penny with a damage icon on it while other creatures are in play, will that damage destroy Rad Penny before her play effect lets me steal Amber? And the answer is yes. Uh, the, the damage would trigger. She would leave play. There would still be an after a, a creature's play window, but her playability is no longer available to be triggered at that point. She got shuffled into your deck. Uh, if I play... That one, nope. Yeah, if I play a Rad Penny with a damage icon and a draw icon on it while no other creatures are in play, will the damage destroy Rad Penny before I can resolve her draw icon? The answer is no. The draw icon will still resolve once a card has been played. All the bonus icons on it will resolve even if the card leaves play. If I play a card with two bonus damage icons and my opponent has a one power creature with a ward counter, can I destroy that creature? Um, and the answer is yes. The first damage would uh, remove the ward, and then the second damage would damage the creature, and since it's one power creature, it would then die. Um, so that's really clarifying. Those damage icons are resolved completely distinct from each other. All right, this is down in the destroyed effects section. If I have an Optiogorkus in play with an Imperial Scutum attached, and then I play a card that destroys all creatures. Uh, can I use the destroyed effect on Optiogorkus's neighbors, move all amber on them to Optiogorkus, before I use the destroyed effect granted by Imperial Scudum to return all that amber to the common supply, keeping the amber out of my opponent's hands? So just to clarify here, Optiogorkus is a three-power dinosaur and soldier with three armor, has elusive, but interestingly, it has each of its neighbors gains destroyed move each amber on this creature to a neighboring Optiogorkus. So, <clears throat> you have Optiogorkus, you have the two neighbors. Uh, the neighbors die. You have three destroyed effects. The active player chooses, uh, because this has a scutum, right? So you now have uh, three destroyed effects to resolve. So, now if you are the player controlling the Optiogorkus if it's your turn and you're, you're the active player, you're going to want to resolve the destroyed icons on the neighbors first. They go away and their amber goes on to Optiogorkus, and then Optiogorkus, uh, when he dies, all the amber evaporates from the Imperial scut uh, from the Scutum. However, if you uh, are the opponent and you killed all these creatures, you want to resolve the Optiogorkus first, removing it from the table. Uh, these creatures here still have 
uh, still have, oh, yeah. It, actually, it doesn't remove from the table yet, but you resolve that, move all amber on it to the common supply, and then you trigger the neighbors and they move theirs onto Optioborcus, but because it's destroyed ability already triggered, that amber is going to stay there and when it goes to the discard pile, you'll get it. So uh, that's that's a good example of where um, being the active player can really matter. When destroyed. Uh, okay, Drekker. If two Drekkers are neighbors, this is under do as much as you can. Uh, if two Drekkers are neighbors and I fight one of them with my two power creature, what happens? The answer is both Drekkers simultaneously take two damage. Because the damage is only dealt once, it does not trigger any more instances of damage. So the, the one Drekker was already getting the damage, the other one uh, gets it because of the ability on itself, um, but that, that doesn't reflect back and forth. Uh, okay, if I have Sinestra and Dexus both out, and my creature has, and my opponent has no creatures out, do they lose two amber the first time they play a creature? The answer is yes. They the first creature they play will count as both on their left flank and their right flank, so they both trigger and they lose two amber. Uh, the next creature they play will be on, on only one flank and will only lose one, but uh, that's a pretty good deal. Um. Uh. Under oh the yeah this is in the that was in the flank section this is in the leaves play section oh no this is just no this is for for lethal destruction okay all right uh I sorry I'm getting the sections confused they just they have a section with one question there which is fine. Okay, Lethal Distraction. I play two copies of Lethal Distraction, choosing the same creature each time. Later in the turn, I deal one damage to that creature. How much total damage does the creature take? Um, the answer is it'll take five. Uh, the, the Lethal Distractions each add two damage. They don't, uh, they don't notice each other. Mimic Gel. If I play Mimic Gel, copying a creature that has a bunch of stuff on it, upgrades and counters and stuff, does it also get all the stuff? And the answer is no. It enters play as a copy of the base card, unmodified by any other effects. What if I play a Mimic Gel copying a Crash Muldoon? Will Mimic Gel interplay ready? And can I use the deploy ability to have Mimic Gel interplay anywhere in my battle line? Yes to both. Mimic Gel enters play as a copy of the chosen card. And both Deploy and Crash Muldoon's Interplay Ready ability take effect as the card enters play, so Mimic Gel will also copy these effects. If I play Mimic Gel copying an Auto Legionary that has become activated and is currently a creature, what does Mimic Gel become? The answer is Mimic Gel becomes a 5 power creature that can be used as if it belonged to the active house. Okay, that's nice. Um, okay, under Redacted, if I put a fourth amber on it through a method other than its own ability, can I immediately sacrifice it and forge a key? The answer is no. Uh, it has a single ability that triggers after you choose Logos as your active house, placing an amber on it and then allowing you to sacrifice it and forge a key if there are four amber or more. You cannot use the forge a key part of the ability independently, so it only triggers after you choose Logos as your active house. That was a big question when there was a discussion about this was whether you read it all as being contingent on that or whether they're separate uh, effects. Okay. 
They are all one effect. Uh, replacement effects. I have a creature with the upgrade discombobulator on it, and my opponent has Gargantodon. My opponent tries to steal one of my Amber. What happens? Nothing. So, basically, he cannot supersede the replacement effect. Because you cannot steal, you don't steal, and so the steal is not replaced with a capture. Cannot wins. Cannot always wins. Uh, I have posed I have posed pixies, and my opponent has two copies of Sermeros. I reap with posed pixies. I reap with posed boxies. Typo. That's okay. Uh, I reap with posed pixies. Do both of the Sermeros capture Amber? And the answer is yes. Um, under normal conditions, both uh, or both the um, Sermeros see the posed pixies reap. And they want to capture that amber. One of them does the active player's choice. The other one, the amber's not there anymore, so it fails to capture it. But in the case of of posed pixies, um, the first one tries, and that's replaced by getting one from the common supply. And so when the second one goes to do it, it's still there, and so it can do it. But that's also replaced by grabbing from the common supply. So uh, your posed pixies reaped for three. That's pretty good. Um, shoulder, uh, shoulder id. Uh, my shoulder is attacked by a creature with six armor. The shoulder is steel and amber. The question here is because shoulder id would do six damage. So, uh, if the if the damage would, in this case, not have gone through the armor, then does it actually heal? And the answer is um, yes, because the replacement effect happens earlier in the damage assignment process than that. It have it uh it replaces the attempt to do damage. So um so you do so uh if the creature is warded it keeps the ward and um heals. and then shoulder uh shoulder and steal. What if shoulder is attacked by a creature with skirmish? Does it steal? No, because it, it wouldn't try to deal it wouldn't try to deal damage. Um survey. Uh when I play Survey, what happens to the card that I look at but do not discard? Put it back on top of your deck. That's that's typical. Same with like Wild Wormhole. If you try to play something you can't, it goes back on top of your deck. If nothing tells you to put it somewhere else, you don't. Uh, okay, what about the phrase this way? If I use Obsidian Forge's action and choose to sacrifice one of my creatures that has a ward on it, will that creature reduce the cost? No, because it was not destroyed. Well, it wasn't destroyed this way, but it wasn't destroyed at all, in fact. Uh, if I use Saurian Egg's Omni ability and play the, uh, and play the card, and both the cards revealed are Saurian creatures, do they both come into play? Do they get three plus one counters each? Uh, yes. <laughs> and I like their little, sometimes the eggs contains twins. The egg contains Yep. Totally. Uh, okay. If I have Siren Horn uh, on a creature with Assault 2, and I attack an enemy creature with only 2 health remaining, does the Assault damage destroy them before or after I can move an Amber onto them? Um, because it, the Assault and before fight have the same timing point, you, the active player, get to decide. Which means you can decide to have a capture uh, before you do the damage. If I play Pain Reaction on an opponent's creature to destroy it, when is the damage dealt to its neighbors? 
if the creature has already left play, how do I know where its neighbors are, what its neighbors are? Uh, pain reaction is an exception to the rule that all damage from an ability is dealt simultaneously because it explicitly, goes to Rata, establishes that the damage is dealt after the destroyed creature leaves play. This damage is dealt to whatever creatures were the neighbors of the destroyed creature immediately before it left play. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, if I use Smite to make my Fire Spitter fight my opponent's one-power creature, which has two neighboring one-power creatures, each of which has neighboring two-power creatures. <laughs> so you have three one-power creatures and then two two-power creatures on the ends. Um, will Smite kill the two-power two plank creature? Um, the answer is no, because what happens is... Um, the Fire Spitter attacks. The Before Fight ability triggers, and all three of those middle creatures die. The creature in the very middle that it was attacking, and the two neighbors. The creatures on the end uh, each take one damage. Well, at that point, um, the three creatures in the middle all evaporate. Um, the fight fails resolve that's not really relevant but the fight does fail to resolve and now um smite says okay now i want to do two damage to the neighbors of the creature that that i attacked and there is a creature that you attacked but it's in the discard pile it, it left play so you have to ask who were its neighbors before it left play and in this case the answer was oh those two other one power creatures which are also already in the discard pile so but Smite has nothing to damage. Okay. Uh, that's a weird case, though. I mean, whew, if you get that to happen, good on you. Okay. Uh, if I use Phalanx Strike and choose to exalt a friendly creature to repeat the damage effect, will this allow me to remove a ward counter from a creature and also damage the same creature? Uh, so if, if your opponent has a warded creature, can you use Phalanx Strike to hit it twice, once to break the ward, second time to kill it? Um... Yes, Phalanx Strike is an exception to the rule that all damage from an ability is dealt simultaneously because it explicitly establishes that the damage effect repeats a second time. This allows you to use the first instance of damage remove reward and the second to deal damage to it. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, it, it makes sense logically reading the card, so I'm, I'm glad it works that way. If I fight and destroy my opponent's Tolos with Overlord Wrecking after putting Tolos into play under my control, If I fight and destroy my opponent's Tolos with Overlord Wrecking, after putting Tolos into play under my control, will Tolos' ability trigger? Funny that the, the question itself is phrased in a way that you could uh, read wrong. <laughs> uh, no, Tolos has a constant ability that is active only while it is in play. Because Tolos is not in play at the time it is destroyed, its constant ability will not, resol will not resolve. Um, and I think there's there's been talk of this idea that these types of effects they need to see the whole process of destruction from start to finish. Um, that's not really spelled out anywhere, but I, I do think um, if I'm if I'm trying to defend this and make sense of it, where I go is that um, it is. Uh, It's 
once a creature is tagged for destruction, um, things you know target it. I I don't totally have a, a good explanation for this, to be honest. I think I I think this is inconsistent with the way that Nexus and Spectral Tunneler work, and I think it's inconsistent with some other some other things. So um uh anyway there's a discussion in the facebook group about this i don't think it's a big deal um and i'm happy to play with it as written um but i won't be shocked if this gets changed at some point in the future or there is a longer explanation for it uh or the other things get changed be any of those but i think this deserves a longer explanation if it is to stay this way. Um, okay, and then last one, Waking Nightmare. After I play Waking Nightmare, if more these creatures than uh, if more these creatures then enter or leave play, will my opponent's keys key cost change, or is it locked in when I played Waking Nightmare? So Waking Nightmare is an action card that says that your opponent's creatures cost. Uh, until the start of uh, during your opponent's next turn, keys cost plus one for each of these creatures in play. And the question is, do you count at the time you play it, or if more creatures enter or leave, does does it change? The answer is it changes. So uh, that's kind of cool. I like that actually. Um, it means that if you, for example, wanted to key charge or something and you actually just destroyed all the these creatures, then then you'd be in much better shape. Um, okay. The timing chart didn't change much, but it did change a little bit. Um, and the, the primary way it changed is that they moved this start of turn effects trigger out here before step one forge a key. So um, the way the way it was written before it had start of turn effects trigger within the step one box. And so some people thought that if you like if miasma makes you skip your forge a key step, then you must not then start of turn effects must not trigger. And that sounded crazy to me because I was like your turn still starts. Um, so yeah the, the timing chart makes it clearer now. Your turn does start regardless of whether you forge a key um, or, or, you know, if you skip a step, you, your turn still starts. Um, I don't think there's anything else major in here. Um, the only, oh, they moved end of turn effects trigger to after step five, which again also makes sense. Um, and then they tweaked the wording of some of these. So, like, this used to say, Reap effects after a creature reap effects and after a creature's used effects. Now it just says reap effects and after a creature effects. Um, so it doesn't specifically spell out the after a creature is used, but um, uh, it would that would still happen. Um, it's just I think now that like it reap it you know after a creature reaps is just a specific. You know, uh, stipulation of after a creature. So, um, yeah, not not too crazy. Oh, and uh, 
they changed resolve the amber bonus on your card to resolve each bonus icon on your card one at a time. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty good. Um, that's that's all of it. I I think um, a couple just overall observations. Um, one, like I think these are all good clarifications. The tweaks make sense. The errata makes sense. Um, I know there are some winners and losers in some of these things, but I mean, I don't think it's a, I don't think crazy. Um, yeah. Having said that, uh, nothing huge in here, but I think that's kind of an effect of like the game is maturing a little bit and there's just less crazy broken stuff to fix this way. Um, so like the tweaks to the timing to the timing chart. Awesome. Totally makes sense. Um, but like the fact that we have a timing chart tweak is such a huge improvement over where we were at a year and a half ago. So um, yeah, so the, I don't know. This is great. Um, thanks FFG for putting this out. Uh, thanks for making a great game. And uh, I am so excited to crack open some mass mutation decks later today and uh, share them with you all. And um, we'll we'll see where it goes. Um, but thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed, and hope that you enjoy uh, implementing these rules in your own games. Uh, thanks, and have a great day.